0: What's up, Tea Migos? Ever been curious about the history of tea? Looking for some first steps into understanding tea better? Well, welcome to the Tea Migos podcast, helping you discover tea is more than a drink, it's a lifestyle. My name is Vince Lopalusa, tea lover and enthusiast, and I'm here to guide you through your tea journey. This is episode one of our Tea Deep Dive series, where I break down tea facts into useful tips for you. Today I talk about the history of tea, where tea comes from, and what makes the different varietals of tea. So tune in and enjoy the show. So as with most everything in life, it's always fun to start with the history of where tea began and where this process and this plant was discovered. So that takes us back to the year 2737 BC. Now, I'll be honest, the tea history is actually not well written. This is something that has been passed down and just widely accepted at this point to be how tea was discovered. And frankly, it's just quite fun to to go along with it. How it was discovered was back in 2737. There was an emperor by the name of Shenong. And that is pronounced, or that is spelled, I should say, S-H-E-N-N-O-N-G. And quite literally, his name is translated to the Divine Farmer. And he was out in his garden meditating one day. And his servant was boiling water for him to enjoy. Which is kind of weird for me to think. Was he just about to boil water... To enjoy some hot water? Or was he planning to do something with it? Anyway, as he was sitting, meditating, under a large tree, the wind picked up and rustled the leaves. Rustled them enough that they actually wafted down into the pot of boiling water. Instead of just getting rid of or sifting the leaves out, he actually let it sit. Let it steep. Because he noticed that there was a change in the color and change in what the actual liquid was. It was no longer water. It had this tint to it. So after a few minutes of letting this new concoction boil and simmer, he decided to try it. And what happened was a euphoric event that enhanced his meditation. He felt so much more focused and clear of his mind. And he was able to dive into his meditation deeper. He fell in love immediately and named it Cha, which is the Chinese name for tea. So we can kind of get into that a little bit deeper, but maybe we'll save that for another episode. So Cha, or tea, was born in 2737 BC by a man named Shenong. I know I called him the Divine Farmer, and that is what his name literally translates to, but history books actually have him more as an herbalist, but that's just a technicality. He would actually dry herbs and use them as medicines for himself as well as many other patrons of the town and village that he lived in. And so from that point on, tea became what it is today and what we know and what we love and why I'm here talking about it. For those who don't know much, if anything, about tea, we'll start at the basics. What is tea? Well, tea actually all... Comes from the exact same plant. That's right, green, white, puer, oolong, black, yellow, purple, all those colored teas all come from the same plant. And that plant is known as the Camellia sinensis plant. When I first learned that fact, it kind of shook me. It actually blew my mind. I was rattled by the fact. I was like, I couldn't believe it, did not believe it. But it's true. And there's actually a lot of different variations that go into what makes a green tea a green tea versus a black tea a black tea. Now, first, I should note where the Camellia sinensis plant is grown. Now, it's predominantly grown in Asia, as the largest producers are China, India, Sri Lanka, uh, Japan is on the top 10 list. But frankly, tea is actually grown nowadays everywhere. There's quite a few states that actually grow here in the United States. In Europe, there are many countries that grow tea as well. And it's a very diverse and versatile plant, which is also fascinating to me for someone who, has, who grows plants and try has tried and failed miserably to grow a tea plant. If you want to check out that attempt, you can check out the TikTok or Instagram feed of Fresh Steeps. But anyway, the tea is grown, like I I mentioned, predominantly in Asia, and now has been exported all across the world. It is the second most drank drink in the world behind water. So it has quite the world experience, you could say. Now, going back to those different types, you may be asking, that's crazy. What can contribute to each type? How is how is each type made? Because trust me, I've asked that myself, and again, that's why I find myself here. There are a few things that do contribute to your cup of tea. A few of those are geographical location. So as mentioned, it's grown all over the world. Those do have different tastes and flavors that, that come out in each of those leaves. Time of harvest. This is a big one. Spring actually typically produces a younger, a sweeter Tea versus a fall harvested tea. Now, that'll be more bitter, uh, a little bit more stringent. The altitude at which is grown. Now, some teas are grown in mountains while others are grown more in flat lands. Those do have slight variations uh, as well as like the soil content. These are all getting into minutia, but important to note for especially if you're a harvester or you're a farmer. But the biggest contributor. To what makes a green tea a green tea versus a black tea or a pu tea or an oolong tea is the post-harvest processing. That specifically, which you may or may not have heard of the term oxidation, but that is the largest contributor to what you get when you are drinking a cup of tea. So what is oxidation? Well, oxidation, to put it simply, is the process of introducing, in this instance, tea leaves to air, to oxygen in the air, so that the oxygen binds to the tea leaves and chemically reacts. This happens with everything. The rust on your car or on any piece of metal, that's oxidation. So what's happening there is oxygen is binding to form rust. But with tea leaves or food in general, you'll notice the food or the tea leaf will get darker the longer it's oxidated, which will contribute to a green tea versus a black tea. So thinking on that, you would think a longer oxidized tea will result in a darker tea. And you're right. Green tea is one of the least oxidized. It's still oxidized a little, but it's one of the least oxidized types of tea. So looking at the spectrum of the types of teas, we'll break it down from least oxidized to most oxidized. So the least oxidized we'll start with is white tea. So, white tea, then green tea, yellow tea, oolong, black, and puer. Now, puer is a little bit different because it is fermented. But don't worry, there will be episodes on each one of those teas that we'll be able to tune into because I want to break those down each a little bit further. So, the biggest thing that you want to take away from here is that with each one of those teas, they can be harvested from the same, pretty much the same location and the post-harvesting, the post-harvest process, that'll determine what you get in your cup of tea that you drink every day, that you love. So I find this fascinating. This is something that has blown my mind and I thought, what a better place to start on this tea journey for people than right here. So if you've enjoyed just that little tidbit, let me know. Send me a message. I'm curious to hear what people think and what, also what you want to learn next. There will be episodes kind of breaking down each one of the types of tea, as mentioned, as well as digging into a little bit more of what exactly is, is in tea, like the caffeine, the tannins, the antioxidants, and such like that. There's going to be a lot more to come, but I'm curious. Tell me what you think. Send me a message on, at Fresh Steeps on Instagram or any social media platform, let me know. Thanks for tuning in. For more tea info, check out Fresh Steeps on all social media platforms. And remember, please DM me for more on what you want to hear on these tea deep dives. So go grab yourself a cup of tea and enjoy the rest of your day. Peace out.